Listen, God is so good tonight. I'm so excited to be here. Let me tell you, Eric calls me yesterday afternoon and, hey, brother, can you preach tomorrow night? And, you know, under, under most circumstances, I, I would be, yes. But, you know, I've just had a, you know, you know how it is sometimes you're just, you're just busy. You're busy, you're busy with good things. But I did say yes. And I am here. And tonight I'm preaching on, the title of my message is uh, Under Pressure. And I want you to know I hadn't been under so much pressure in my life than I was today. I was praying all day long because I didn't have time to prepare. And all, all day long I was thinking, I got to bug out of work just a little bit early today. I got to get home and get, get, get my, my thoughts together and, and try to put some order to what God has been burning in my heart tonight. And uh, I almost made it home. I, I got about... Uh, Got about two miles from the house, and I got an emergency call. I was the only one that could take the call. You got to go right now. I said, what? <laughs> Under pressure. But praise God, I made it. Amen. Listen, before I start, I want to just give a, a, just a, a real short testimony. I want to just brag on Jesus tonight. Amen. Listen, most of you guys know my background. You know, I... I I messed around for a long time. I lived like hell. I squandered most of my life on drugs and alcohol and just stupid living. I know I'm the only one tonight, but yeah, that was me. <laughs> but God rescued me from that. God radically changed my life. And, he, and today I'm a totally different person, praise God. And, and ever since that moment, you know, I, I, I've been praying for my son. He was in St. Louis with his with his mom, and, and, uh, and, and DJ might dispute this. You know, his mom said uh, that DJ wanted to come down, and then DJ said, well, my mom sent me down. But anyhow, he got down here to Sugar Land. And, uh, and I know when he first came down here, he, he didn't want any part of this church thing. I know he would, uh, behind our backs, he would, la, 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 and you'll make fun of us. And, and, but, but my prayer was that God would capture him the same way that he did me. Because he was lost. I was lost. We were all once lost. And we prayed and we prayed. And DJ, he just, you know, until God taps you, until God, you know, smiles on you, until, until God opens your eyes, you're just, you're blind. You don't see it. You don't get it. None of this makes sense. There's no connection. And then one day, praise God, praise God, I was pulling my hair out. And then praise God, you know. Thank you, Alex and, and Haley. You know, it, 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 all it takes is one word, a, just, just a timely word, and it'll change a life. But for whatever reason, it was just a normal Wednesday night service for DJ. It was a normal night for most of us. But at the end of the service, Haley stepped out and gave him just a, a, a little prophecy, a little word. And, and for whatever reason, it, it just happened to be the very thing that he was thinking about. And so just that one word that she gave him, it confirmed in his heart that, hey, God is real and God is talking to me. And it changed his life. And son, we love you and, and we're so glad that. So we've got one more on board. And I want you to know the, the Law Hunt family, we're stirred up tonight. We got a little spark of a revival in our home and, and we're just going to run with it. So the title of my message is Under Pressure. Uh, when, when Eric asked me if I wanted to share, 
uh, I had a word just 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 burning in 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 my heart and and I knew that that this was the moment and uh and and basically uh, a couple of weeks ago I I had I had uh woke up with this uh this phrase just just going through my mind and uh for some reason me uh some people have different moments during the day that they think the best there there there's clarity there's their mind is just you know free and God speaks to them uh for me it's just, you know, if I get a solid eight hours of sleep and, and, and my, my, my brain is like a, an alarm clock and I just wake up, you know, at this set time in the morning and, and then for the, you know, for the few minutes that I lay there, I'm awake, but I'm just laying there and, and I'm, I'm just kind of on the verge of kind of waking up and half asleep. It's like in those few moments that, that my mind is just clear that God speaks to me quite often. And a couple of weeks ago, God uh, said this phrase to me and what it was was, bend me and see as soon as i heard that phrase just repeating in 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 my head i i knew what god was saying because i was very familiar with that phrase uh if you go way back and if you if you ever heard of evans uh roberts evan roberts was uh just a a coal miner in uh in in the united kingdom in wells and god used him he was just an instrument but he ushered in revival uh, the great uh, Welsh revival. God used him. And uh, on the heels of that great revival, he was at a, a, a meeting, uh, another little, uh, some kind of campaign of some sorts. And uh, he was at this meeting and that the person that was speaking began to pray that prayer, Lord, bend me. And God spoke to Evan Roberts and said, hey, you need to pray that. Pray, Lord, bend me. And so that's what Evan Roberts began to pray. Lord, bend me. And when I, when I first heard that, it's, that's so unusual because when I think of, of, of great works of God and great men of God and all these wonderful things, I, I don't usually think of just, it doesn't really, doesn't sound, it doesn't, doesn't ring any bells with me, it doesn't rhyme. And, but but the, the words, the, what, what the, the meaning behind that, that phrase is what God was trying to, to, to impart to Evan Roberts. See, what he wanted to do, whenever God wants to do something, he wants to do it in you. If he wants to bring change to Sugarland, he wants to do it in you. Collectively, us, yes, but it starts with you. And so that prayer, it could have more sounded like this, Lord, shape me. Lord, change me. Lord, mold me. Conform me. See, that, that, that's the prayer that he prayed by saying, Lord, bend me. And then uh, Eric Treister brought a, a message about the cup. What a good word. It, it just it resonated with me. Because, see, when he's preaching that, see, when, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying... Lord, 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 but not my will, but yours be done. Lord, may this cup pass. He prayed three times. He didn't really want to do that. He knew what was being asked of him. It wasn't easy. You see, that's what God was doing in that moment. He was molding him. He was, Jesus was conforming to his Father's will. He was being shaped into that will. And sometimes when you think of something being bent, it's 
often a painful process. It's not an easy one, and that's what Eric Treister brought, that word, the, the cup of suffering that he drank in that garden. So tonight I want to talk to you about that, about being bent, being conformed, being shaped into the will of God. You know, really, that's really what God wants from us. And He will, he will go to great lengths to obtain that. You know, the, the people of Israel, they spent, you know, I mean, I mean, how many years and years? And, and I told my wife, it, it, it's almost comical because in my Bible it has maps and we've all seen it. And it's just one big giant circle. They just traveled in a big circle. So it wasn't like they were on a mission. It wasn't like they were going somewhere. It, it was more than just that. God was trying to work something out of them. He was, in the word it says, that he was trying to show them what was in their heart. And he did it through the, through the circumstances. So when God tries to bend us, when God tries to shape us, when he tries to mold us, he'll bring situations in our life. Oftentimes, painful situations. Oftentimes, it might look like a, a co-worker that just rubs you the wrong way. That just brings out the worst in you. You know, it might be a, a husband, a wife, a, a close friend. It might be uh, someone on traffic, you know, uh, your, your commute every day, the, the, the same exit, they, they, they cut you off. But see, God is working in these circumstances and He's trying to mold these things, trying to conform your life to a certain pattern. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. And I, today when I was working, I, I scribbled a, a few a few notes down, and all I could find were these little bitty pieces of paper. So Lord, help me tonight. And Susan, you helped me too back there. I worked with the, the youth for a number of years in Port Lavaca. Man, what a great time that was. I remember... Uh, it was almost like, you know, going through what I'm going through, with, you know, with, with raising DJ. You know, you just at times you're just pulling your hair out and you're like, Lord, what do I do? And I remember how, I don't know how many times I went to Pastor Nathan and, 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 and I mean, I thought everything was lost with certain people. I'm like, Pastor, he's like, oh, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Just keep them between the ditches and you're doing fine. But one of my messages that had the most response that it seemed like it brought the most, elicited the most response from these young people. And, and, and I was talking to them, I was sharing with them. And, and, and the question that I posed to them, does God give you more than you can bear? And everyone resounding, no, of course not. I'm like, okay, well, let's get our, let's get our Bibles out and let's, let's, let's look at that. And we're not going to spend a lot of time there, but... But it's a good question to ask yourself. Does God give you more than you can bear? And I know Mother Teresa, she had a, a little, you know, she had a little saying that, that I hear a lot. And, and I think it went something like this. Uh, I know God doesn't give me more than I can bear, but I wish he wouldn't trust me so much. And it's cute. I like it. But see, I, 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 I stand on the other side of that. 
I know in, in, in the book of James, he talks about not giving you more than you could bear. But in, but in reality, he's really talking about temptation in that passage. He's not talking about, you know, situations or events or 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 your life is, you know. No, I, I believe in my life, he's done it over and over and over again. He gives you more than you can bear purpose, purposely. I mean, I mean, without, I mean, here, take this. And he does it for a reason. Because as long as I stand here tonight and I've got everything under control, as long as I've got, you know, plan A, plan B, and I've got money in the bank and, and I've got everything worked out, see, I don't need God. I don't really need God if I have everything worked out. And so God in His sovereignty, He'll send me situations. He'll send me disasters, personal disasters. You know what I'm talking about? And they bring you to your knees. And it's in those moments that you say, God, I cannot do this. And he's like, I know. I know. I want you to want me. So when God sends us pressure, this bending, this this molding, this shaping... That's what we're talking about tonight is pressure. It's going to push you one of two ways. It's going to push you. It's going to draw you to God or it's going to drive you from God. Now, I want to say something here and, and I don't know why, but I, I feel like this is so important. And, and if you could just remember one thing, and I, and I might say that a couple times before it's over with, but remember this up until now, remember this. Desperation always moves the heart of God. Desperation will move God. You know, I think of the book of Judges. And there's another cycle that we see. Over and over again. God, uh, the people of Israel are serving God. And everything is wonderful. They fall into sin, idolatry. Then they fall under uh, oppression. And then they begin to cry out to God, God, save us, help us. And he responds and he sends, he sends a judge who delivers them. And then they're restored. And then the cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. Desperation moves the heart of God. Comfort and ease will never produce desperation. See, that's why God, I, I don't believe, I mean, He wants us to be happy. Yes, yes, happiness is a good thing. But ultimately, God wants to be our Savior. He wants to rescue us. As long as we're living down here just doing our thing and, and we've got everything under control, all our bills are paid. All of our ducks are in a row. See, he's not really God of your life. A life of comfort and ease will never move the heart of God. Luke 16, 20. 
This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. I don't think it doesn't get any any more clear than, than that. We have a contrast of, of two men. We have a, a, a man who is the epitome of a lavish lifestyle. I mean, we can probably even say he's, you know, he's a, he's a Christian. He's a godly man. The Bible never says he did anything wrong. He might have, he might have, you know, given on Sundays. You know, he might have, he might have even, uh, you know, been on the Jewish, uh, Jewish council. We, we don't really know. Where's the first part? Is that the first part? Is that 20? Okay, 19. Let's go back to the beginning. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, and he was covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you're in agony. So what a, what a, a, a visual contrast between two lives. Jesus was showing us what a, a life of luxury would produce. It produced agony and pain. It didn't do anything for him. It was, it was satisfaction in this life only. It produced no eternal reward. But, but Lazarus, on the other hand, apparently he had something going on that no one else could see. Because on the outside, he was broken. He was full of sores. He was probably kicked and spat on. And no one paid any attention to this poor man. But see, God noticed him. And he must have had something right in his heart because he was received into eternal glory. Listen. If God doesn't produce desperation in us tonight, we're not any better than that rich man. If we just go to work, the grind, the rat race, and, and, and we're not producing anything that is going to have everlasting reward, then, I mean, this is nothing. This is all we have. This is, this is, this is all we get. And tonight, I want more. Amen. I need more. Great men of God, and, and we know that that they're just used mildly. They're just normal people. But you know what I'm talking about. Men that have been used mildly by God. Most of them had incredible affliction in their life. I mean, incredible affliction. I mean, look at Job. 
that's the craziest thing. Today, I, I just, when I'm working, some things get stuck in my head. And, and when I was just going through this, and I was thinking about poor Job. I mean, he was one of the most righteous men, you know, on earth. I mean, God, that's what God said. I mean, I mean, this was God's special man. And for whatever reason, it don't make any sense to me why, you know, God would put him through that. But you know what? He did. As a, as, a, as a testament to, to the enemy, hey, this, this is what true righteousness will reap. And he went through the greatest test. He was afflicted like, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. But he was afflicted greatly. I think of Jacob. My goodness. I mean, I mean here was a prophet. Here, here, was, here was a little boy that was just doing what, what God had put in him to do. His brothers took offense, like to kill him, sold into slavery. Joseph, I'm sorry, Joseph. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Keep me in line. Joseph. Spent 13 years in the dungeons. Damn. And then there was Paul. We know that uh, that he had a, a, a thorn in his side. And, you know, we all speculate of, of what that possibly could be. I mean, who knows? But Paul prayed three times, Lord, Lord, take this away. And no, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then I think of Jesus when when he was here on this earth, when he was ministering. I think of the kind of people that moved the heart of Jesus. It wasn't the religious. It wasn't. It wasn't the pious. It wasn't the people that had any kind of status. The kind of people that, that Jesus gravitated toward, it was always the broken. It was, it was always that person in the room that had the greatest need. He, he would find them, or they would find him. It was the oppressed, the, the person that could find freedom in no one else. See, Jesus... Loved these kind of people. And see, this is so encouraging tonight because, see, I don't know why as humans, whenever, whenever things get tough, whenever God begins to squeeze, we're talking about pressure, whenever the pressure comes, see, we, we begin to have our little pity parties. And, and I'm talking to me because, but then, well, why God or why this? But see, in reality, see, the reality of, of it is, is this when when we have these situations that befall us it's really just an opportunity for god to work and move in our life i mean and when god is speaking this to me i'm thinking man that's right when disaster comes instead of oh lord what did i do what did i <laughs> Did I offend someone? Did I, did I fall into something? No. Sometimes it's just God wanting you to ask for help. He's wanting you to cry out to him. He's just waiting for you to call his name. He's just, it's just an opportunity for him to work and move in your life. 
Matthew 9, 12. This is kind of cool, having that up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus speaking, he says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Amen. See, that's good news. That's very good news. So when we feel like we're under uh, all kinds of pressing we're under all kinds of pressure and, and, and we feel like, you know, things aren't going like, like it should. It's really God just working in our circumstances. When I lay there a few weeks ago and God began to speak that, that word that Evan Roberts was, was praying, Lord, bend me. I'm a very visual person, and, and uh, I, I always get images and stuff, and nothing prophetic like, you know, some people. I, these are just in my brain, you know. But I, I remembered, uh, I used to watch the Discovery Channel a lot, and and there was this, uh, this one program, I think it was called uh, How It's Made. Anybody? Any Discovery Channel people? All right, How It Was Made. And they'll take a, a product or an item or a process and then, They'll just spend 30 minutes dissecting it and go behind the scenes and show you, you know, everything you want to know about, you know, marbles or BBs. I don't know. And uh, but when I'm laying there and I'm thinking about this, Lord, bend me. And I told my wife this. I said, for some reason, the image that, that began to play in my mind was an episode from from uh, how it was made. And this particular episode, there were. Uh, showing how pianos were made and it was a, a local uh manufacturer here in the u.s uh, american made and uh I, I don't remember the name of it but it was some famous you know they were making like baby grand pianos but but the part that i i remember the most was now you know how these pianos are shaped right i mean they the one side i mean it, it it's it's like it's ridiculous you know one side is kind of straight but the one side i mean it's got these huge curves in them and then uh, they were showing how they take this special wood and, and they, they treat it and do all this stuff to it. And then how they conform it to that shape, it just blows my mind. It just, it just stuck with me. And what they do, they take these boards and then they saturate them. Just get them wet. And then they take these boards and they have this, it's like a jib. It's uh, uh, the shape that they want this to, to be you know, formed into. And then there's a, it's a hydraulic ram, and it just rams this board. It's wet, though, mind you. And they just ram this uh, hydraulic ram, you know, tens of thousands of pounds of pressure, and, and they do it real slow and just gradually. You know, I think it's over several days that they begin to do that, and they just, just ever so slowly, this thing begins to take shape. And so they keep pushing, you know, with the different rams and pushing this once was a true and straight board into this incredible shape. And then uh, once they get it to the final shape, uh, then uh, uh, they let it dry and then bam, it, you know, out pops this thing. And so uh, as I'm laying there and, 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 and this prayer is going through my mind and I realize, see, that's what God is telling me. See, 
and this, for me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you some of my thoughts. You know, I, 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 there's this, this thing of brokenness, and I think there's, 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 there's a lot to be said about brokenness. I, I believe, you know, I'm a, I'm a reader of Watchman Nee, and uh, you know, the breaking of the outer man that God wants to release, you know, His Spirit in you. Uh, and there, and you know, there are all kinds of, of thoughts and ideas of brokenness. But I think I might have maybe had a little bit of a misconception about, you know, brokenness. See, I, for some reason, I thought maybe God just wanted to, like, crush me, you know, and just, just smash me, you know. But see, that, that's not true. That's not true at all. Because that's, that totally defeats, of, it's, it's self-defeating. See, God wants to raise up a people unto himself. He doesn't want to crush people. He doesn't want to do that. And so God began to kind of speak to me. See, he doesn't want to break you and crush you. He doesn't want to crush your spirit. Yeah, there's things he wants to break off you. Yeah, there's things uh, that, that you need to be broken in. But, but he, he doesn't want to break your spirit. He doesn't want to crush your spirit. That board... It's a very slow process. I mean, an incredible amount of pressure. And see, when God is trying to shape us, see, there's pressure. God is applying just nice, steady, even pressure. It might look a little bit different for different people. It might happen more suddenly. Uh, there might be more of a delay for some people. Uh, it might be a, a hard push, and then uh, it might relax for a little bit. Uh, I felt like last year there was a lot of pressing in our lives. There was a lot of pressing. There was a lot of, of friction in some of our personal lives last year. And it was painful. You know, if I was that bored and, and, and these, these hydraulic rams are pressing me, it'd be like, ah, I don't want to go in this shape. You, you know what I'm saying? But see, in my mind, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And that's what God is trying to tell me. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're resisting, but... But it's like you just you just need to stay pliable. You just need to, uh, you know, stay moist. Uh, you just need to let me do this. And then uh, let me get my little notes out here. All right. Thank you. So uh, my thought was uh, about the, the making of this piano. How that related to how God wants to press us and how God wants to shape us. And I could help also think uh, the Bible, the scripture uses a lot of uh, analogies and comparisons. And, and um, I know one of them, it compares, uh, you know, like running a race and, uh, you know, competing. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, when we exercise, you know, why is that so painful for some of us? <laughs> you know, why is, I mean, seriously, seriously. Why is exercise so painful for my body? <laughs> See, because I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I have just a general idea of, you know, some of the things that are happening there. You know, let's say when, you know, I know it's only been a couple of times, I'm sorry, but I've been to the gym maybe, uh, maybe a couple of times with my wife. We got a membership anyway. And so... And so I get on this machine, and it looks looks pretty cool. You know, I'm thinking, how hard can this be? It's an elliptical machine, right? If anybody knows what I'm talking about. 
and I'm a, I'm a fairly active person. And I, I stay busy, and I get on this machine, and I don't know, she tells me 30 minutes. We're going to do this 30 minutes. All right, cool. We hit the timer. We hit start. And then I'm just trying to figure out what the motion of this thing. It's, it's very awkward, but my legs are, are, are doing like this, and, and, and my arms are doing like this. And, and then, you know, after about 10 minutes, you know, my body begins to kind of offer resistance <laughs> to this awkward movement. And after, you know, uh, 20 minutes, I mean, my whole body is just in, in, in full uh, fledged, you know, shutdown mode. And I, I, my, I'm rubber and I, I can't hardly do it anymore. And then I remember the next couple of days I was so sore in places, you know, just weird places, you know. <laughs> and uh, but we understand that our muscles are being you know, used and, and activated, and, and we know that it's actually uh, tearing and breaking of muscle. That's why we're sore. And so, you know, for two or three days, our body is repairing itself, and, and it's getting uh, bigger and, and better in that area that, you, you know, you worked out. And so that analogy is the same way with God working in our life. It can often be painful, but necessary. You know, I wondered to myself, and I didn't know how I was going to, I was going to try to make a jump to an analogy with exercise. You know, we, we, we neglect exercise because there's pain involved, right? I mean, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. However, if, if, if exercise had an immediate reward, if it, it just immediately, there was some kind of just excellent feeling that came with it if there was if there was some kind of instant gratification that was just man i mean we'd all look like you know hulk hogan you know but it's not it's not but the the idea that i'm trying to to get across to you is is god works through pressure he works through friction when he's molding us and, and shaping us, it's often painful. And all I'm trying to do is to get to, 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 to shift our focus of what it feels like. When I'm on that machine, I wanted to shut down at 20 minutes. I really did. But Susan was still going and I knew that I couldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? got my notes all mixed up here so we know from just that analogy of exercise that pain it equals growth it's not just for the sake of pain god does not exact pain on us just for the sake of just so we can just suffer no there's a reason for it there's a reason for it God is trying to build us up. There was another comparison I was wanting to make. And it was that of, uh, of gold. Now, you, you know, gold is, is the uh, most malleable uh, metal. And when I say malleable, you know what I'm talking about. It's the property of being 
you can you can hammer it into thin sheets. And it and and I and I, I wish I had I didn't have time to Wikipedia and they had all these different you know properties and stuff. But I I looked at it before, but it's incredible. It was like if if you took one gram of solid gold and you hammered it and you hammered it, I mean it would cover like you know thirty square feet. It has the ability to be hammered so thinly that it almost becomes transparent. I mean, it's incredible. Gold is one of the most desirable substances for many different reasons. You know, as an electrician, we know that gold is desirable when it comes to electricity and electrons. It has the least amount of resistance Unfortunately, it's just it's just too costly to use. You know, you can't uh, run, you know wire a house in you know gold, but it has very little resistance. So I want to make that comparison because, see, in the Bible, gold is is likened to over and over and over again. If not just for those two qualities. The fact that it offers the least amount of resistance. Can you imagine if we offered little or no resistance to the shaping and pressure of God? I mean, what would we look like tonight? What would we look like? If we allowed God to pound us and pound us and shape us into thin sheets... And we could just go further and further than we thought we ever could. What would we look like tonight? As a youth pastor, we I, I love skits and, and drama and, and, and all that. And, and there was a group of guys, a skit guys. Some of y'all might know that that group. Yeah, yeah. Jean Joy, where are you? Neither. Okay. Skit guys. Anyway, they do they do skits, obviously. And uh, hence the name, right? The skit guys. But they did this one skit that was just, man, it was just dead on. It was so good. Remember Justin, the chisel? So the skit was just so simple. The guy comes out. Man, he might, I, I don't even, I, I was going to try to watch it again, but I, I didn't. I'm just going back from years ago. The guy comes out. And, uh, and, and then another guy comes out. And, and basically, you know, the first guy is, is you. The second guy comes out is God. I don't remember exactly how they, they portrayed that and got that point across to you, but the second guy that came out was God. And basically, basically the, the second guy, the God, he would get a chisel, a hammer and a chisel, and he began to just say, oh, 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 look at this. Uh, here's a little bit of pride right here. You know, he would, and the guy's like, ow, ow. You know, that hurts. The guy's like, I, I know, I know. Well, well, look, look right here. We, we've, we've, yeah, we got some selfishness over here, and and it went on, and it was a, you know, it was a little funny in the beginning, but then as it went on, you're like, you know, it's not so funny when you realize, you know, you know, as they're calling out these defects, they're calling out these deficiencies, these glaring, you know, issues. It's like, man, that one hit really close to home. 
And see, that's the object of God in, in working in our life. He wants to shape us. And yeah, it's painful. It hurts. It hurts. And then, you, you know, I, I could not not make the comparison between, you know, coal and diamonds. I mean, right? Coal and diamonds, we all know. I mean, we, we know that, you know, a lump of coal, uh, coal you, you, you put a little pressure and a little heat to it. And, and what? We get diamonds. I was in Walmart in Port Lavaca. And, and I'll never forget this. Some things just, just strike you and, and, and they'll just never leave. But there was a, a, a young lady... Uh, in the next uh, lane checking out and all I'm gonna say is she looked really rough you know she just I mean I mean now I, now I'm not saying now hold on what I'm saying is I mean she uh, let me let me let me clarify let, hold on let me, let me clarify I mean it looked like she was strung out on drugs I mean she just just she just looked messed up I'm not saying like you, you know you know what I'm saying when you when you run across someone you're like you're just like, man, you know that they're just something's not right. And and, and that's how this person was. And, and I was like, goodness. And uh, but the shirt that she had on, it said, it said, don't laugh. I'll be a diamond someday. And I snickered a little bit, <laughs> you know, maybe just a little bit. But the analogy is under the right conditions. Under the right conditions, church, a lump of coal. That lady that night in the supermarket, she was just a lump of coal. She was. But you know what? Under the right conditions. You see, if you've got God of the universe and, and, he, and he zeroes in and he targets this, I don't even know her name, but he just puts her in the right conditions and she would absolutely transform into a diamond but you know what if if the pressure's not right and and the temperature's not just right guess what it'll just be a lump of coal it'll be a piece of dirt forever even under great pressure and and great heat but see it's a, a certain combination that has to be just right so it's not just pressure it's not just a little bit of being uncomfortable it's not just a little bit of 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 testing no, it's about enduring great heat and great pressure. I don't even know how I'm doing. This last part, I just wanted to sum it all up. If I was going to persevere... If there was anything I could do to encourage you to persevere under God's hand, his pressing, under his pressure cooker, if you will. If there was a, a couple of things that you could do that would help you persevere. I think the most important thing would be this one thing is to know that it's God Himself that is working. See, because it changes everything when you feel like, you know what, it's my principal. He don't like me. Keeps, keeps calling me out in the hallway. 
I'm not talking to anybody in particular. You know, it could be that coworker that just seems to find that one button that just sets you off the whole day. You know, it might just be that that sister-in-law that you just can't stand. I'm just making stuff up randomly. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> but see, it's not the person. It's not the person. It's not the situation. See, if you recognize that it's the hand of God that is 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 doling out your circumstance, it's God Himself ordering the very footsteps of your life. Go left. Go right. Encounter this person. Don't do this. Don't do that. See, it's God. If you recognize that it's God working in your life, it changes everything. See, if I know it's just someone working against me, it just chaps my hide. But if I know that God is working through this person, see, then it changes everything. It should be a tonight. If you know that situation that you know is just messing with you, it's holding you back, it's dragging you down, it's ruining your days. If you recognize that it's God working, it changes everything. Uh, Acts twenty six fourteen. Now this is this is Paul and he's he's uh he's he's explaining his encounter with the Lord Jesus. And this is what he says that Jesus told him. Jesus told Paul, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads." So in a nutshell, Paul was was he he was he was going this way. Right road, wrong direction. Right, Pastor? He's going this way. And the Lord is working in his life, and a goad is, is like a spur. Like if you're trying to control an animal, it's something that'll prod an animal to change, get them to change direction. The Lord God was goading Paul, trying to get his attention. You're going the wrong way. See, to Paul, it looked like the right way. It was serving God in every capacity that he knew how. But it was the wrong way. And Jesus appeared to him and be like, Saul, what are you doing? That's what he says. What are you doing? I'm trying to... To, to guide you and you're fighting against my guidance. See, if you know it's God that's trying to goad you, it's not a person trying to control the situation, it's God trying to shift your direction. I don't, we don't need to go there, but in Numbers 22, we, we, we see a prophet named Balaam. 
right? A prophet of God. We know that. We've heard the story. I've heard so many sermons about it. And they're all excellent. So we know that you could be doing something that you feel like is the right thing. You might have God's stamp of approval. But you're going against God. Balaam had God's approval to do something. But see, he was fighting against God. We remember an angel was standing in front of him. Opposing him. If we can just recognize the hand of God working in our lives, it'll change everything. The second thing, almost as important, is if we can just stay pliable. That piano that was being pressed, what would happen if it began to fight against those rams? It would break. It would break. And, I, I, and without getting all... We know that God, that's not God's purpose. He doesn't want to break you. He doesn't want to crush you. He doesn't want to have a million splinters. What, what glory does he get out of that? So it's our job to stay pliable. When we feel God pressing, when we feel God chipping at us, we don't move. We don't, we, we can maybe scream hard a little bit, but, but ultimately we allow it. We recognize that it's for our good and that, that there's a, a, a reason something is happening and we're just going to stay soft. We're going we're gonna to stay uh, moldable in his hands. Uh, I can't really read, but I think it's Romans 9.20. But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him, who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Go to the, the next verse. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common uses? He's the potter on the clay. Can you imagine, if you will, a potter, they, they throw a piece of clay on, on the wheel. I've seen it done. Don't know anything about it. But as it begins to spin, and he begins to shape it, begins to scoop, throw some out, might even at some point put a little bit over here. Obviously, he's making something. The master is crafting something on that wheel. I mean, think how ridiculous it would be if that clay would say, wait a second, I don't want to be a bowl. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I don't I don't I, I don't want to be a youth pastor. Because that's what I said. I said, I don't want to work with you. That's not what that's not what I feel like God's called me to do. <laughs> and I was a youth pastor for four years. And 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 I and it was so good. Um James four ten. Okay. I didn't want you running out of tape or something. Okay. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. We 
got to stay humble. We've got to stay soft, soft. Think just soft. The third thing, this is the last thing. Under the pressing of God in your life. It is so important that we stay in fellowship. We've got to stay in fellowship. Uh, Proverbs 27, 9. You know, God never meant for us to go alone. Never. He always sent them out two by two. I mean, he created Eve to be a helper. I mean, we, we've, we, it was never in God's design that, that we're to be a single entity. In the New Testament, we see a pattern of the church emerge. And, and we see that God, from, from then on, worked everything through the church. It was always a body of believers. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel because when you're you're under the pressing sometimes your your thinking is cloudy sometimes your 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 thinking ability is, is skewed it might be just a little bit off you know when you're when you're hurting you're you're in pain you know i'm at 29 minutes on the elliptical i'm not thinking straight but see, Susan was there, and, and she was able there to encourage me to go on. Baby, you can do it. But I, I, I cannot overemphasize how important it is to have godly fellowship, brothers and sisters in your life to carry you. There are times when when you're broken, you know, your 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 life is in pieces, and 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 you're just like, Lord, you know, and and then there's a brother. There's a sister that'll pray with you and say, hey, you can do this. Come on. Uh, let's look at First uh, Peter 5, 8. Uh, he's speaking. He says, uh. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, listen, we've probably all watched, you know, I told you I watched Discovery Channel, and, and we, we've seen those, those videos, you know, of, of the lion, and he's, you know, he's on the hunt, and, and he's stalking, you know, that, that uh, group of elk, you know. And, and, and it's amazing how these, these predators, what they always do, they always find the weakest one, they never go for the fastest, strongest one of the group. They always find one that's lagging just a little bit behind. They find one that's just moving just a little bit slower. Maybe a little bit smaller than the rest of them. And then he goes in for the kill. And see, the enemy here is being likened to the lion. And see, the, the lion and the devil work the same way. The devil will do the same thing. When he sees someone down... He sees someone lagging just a little bit behind. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get you isolated. He wants to get you away from your, your, your fellowship, out of your body of Christ, your protection. Once that lion 
gets that elk away from the group, it's done. I mean, they, they run and run and run, but it's just... If, if the enemy can get you isolated from the body of Christ, you're done. It's just a matter of time. You might, you might stay out of his reach for a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time that if you get away from this body that he's placed you in, you're done. That's all I had tonight, and brother, I, I had a great time. You have a great word. Susan, for your husband, would you put Psalm thirty-seven and verse three? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Roll forward another verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Y'all have all heard that scripture before, haven't you? We had a full-blown fight in my house this week over this one. It's a good fight. Sometimes you need to have those. It turns out that that word, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight is a Hebrew word that means, the Hebrew word is onag. (laughs) Onag means... Happy, soft, and pliable. Pliable. When you're happy with the Lord, when you're soft with the Lord, when you are pliable with the Lord, He he gives you the desires of your heart. Do you know why? Because He's just shaped your heart to desire what is His. Isn't that good? And... My home this week, we got to wrestle with the idea of being uprooted from one community and planted in another. But what if it's just what the Lord wants to do? Let me ask you, does being unhappy with it help? Does being hard to it help? Rick works with plywood sometimes. You like plywood because it's strong, but you also like it because it bends. When you look at plywood, it's got four or five levels in it. And if you bend it, the top one is actually stretching. What's happening to the bottom one? It's crunching. When the Lord is shaping us, when he's, when he's moving us, there's a lot of push and pull. There's a lot of that. best thing you can do is get really, really happy that he cares enough to have his hands on you. Amen. I've watched this happen in Rick and Susan's life. I've watched them grow in the Lord. I've watched them embrace every bit of it. Did it bless you? I'm telling you, that was a warning from heaven tonight right there at the end. Yeah. It is a warning from heaven. I've been doing this long enough to know what the outcome is when you separate yourself from the flock. Okay. One more for us, just for fun. I could do that. Proverbs 15.10. Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. He who hates correction will die. Boy, could you put it any more bluntly? The wisest guy in the world said that. I'll shut it down. Why don't we stand to our feet?